There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. A safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. This is Soccer 101 with Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean. It's Soccer 101, the safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Moon Valjean, of course, of the Rizzuta Show on 1057, the point of Riz Show fame. And, and Moon, as this podcast has evolved, it started out as a bit of an education platform for new soccer fans in St. Louis, but we're just full-blown soccer fans at this point with an educational lean. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it covered some basic rules if you want to go back and do that. And, of course, we'll cover rules and different questions about rules uh, as they come at us uh, or as they get exposed in some of these these matches, which are coming up. Happy freaking February, by the way. Yes. Um, we, are, we are weeks away. This is the month that we have an MLS team in St. Louis starting in the MLS. Yes, the first... First game is away in February, but then we have our home opener on March 4th. And like you said, we're just fans. We're city fans. We're soccer fans. This is a fan podcast made by fans. Yes, uh, we're connected to the team. You're very, very connected to the team. We'll get into that later. But man, we're just we're just here to spread the love and keep your questions coming. Ask soccer 101 at gmail.com. Keep the questions coming, but we're just here to uh, to dump facts and fun and experiences uh, from us and from other fans here in St. Louis now rocking the MLS badge, the MLS fandom. Uh, so everything kicks off. Yeah, February 25th. St. Louis is in Austin. So that is our that is our first match, our first city match. And that is, by the way, on Apple TV for free. Great news. I know that you've seen uh, some of the channel release and all that. And the Apple TV MLS Season Pass app is now available. And that just hit, I guess, this last week. Uh, so all the matches are going to be on that MLS Season Pass. But some of these are going to be free matches. So that first, the very first game, St. Louis at Austin, is free on Apple TV. And then our Portland match on the 11th at uh, Providence Park is also on Apple TV free. And then the rest of them that I'm reading are on the MLS season pass. So you can you can watch it. Any plans on coming to some home matches, Michelle? Oh, yes, Moon. I am looking at the schedule. I'm trying to, I know that I'm coming home in April for another work event. So I'm going to try and coordinate a game while I'm home. Uh, I'll be I'll be there for several games. I am considering flying home for the, the home opener. I just uh, am going to be racking up a lot of miles with American. American Airlines is going to get to know me pretty, pretty well. In April, we have three home matches on the uh, the 1st, April Fool's Day, on the 15th, and on the 29th. It's Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Portland. All should be good matches, all available on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Um, I'm I'm stoked. I just had a talk. I know this is a little bit of a sneak peek. I just had a talk with uh, one of, uh, one. Of, I mean, the key sponsor with, with uh, City and that is uh, Together Credit Union. And some of the stuff that they are doing experience-wise down there is so freaking incredible. We've been learning about our team, about St. Louis City SC and uh, and the ownership and really what everything means. Remember uh, on a previous episode, we were talking about what they did 
uh, down at the stadium, just every little thing uh, uh, connecting to St. Louis history and the history within that community. Yes. Exactly. I mean, that location and everything. It is no coincidence that they partnered with Together Credit Union because Together Credit Union has like that 80 year history here. This is a huge, uh, huge organization that is super involved in the community. So I think that's what City was really looking at with with Together Credit Union and making them like the, 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 the big sponsors that they are down there. And they are connecting some community things. Obviously, we talked about the debit card and all the uh, stuff that, that gets you, the express entry and all that. Uh, they're about to do a credit card now that, uh, that has uh, perks as well. But man, I'm telling you, this is not just like a sponsor shout out. They do not sponsor this podcast. I'm, I am telling you that some of the stuff that they are doing is so freaking sweet. So I can't wait to see what else happens down there. And you're right. Shout out to them for being one of the early partners with, with City. So many businesses in St. Louis have jumped on board with what City is doing, but together the credit union has been there from the very beginning, and I can't wait to see what you guys put out. We got a good show today. Uh, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Um, there is a little bit of education uh, that we're going to throw in here, and this is not an education for soccer newbies. This is an education for everybody because I actually learned a few things because there's been a lot of changes in the substitutions. So do you want to get into our specific emailer's question? I would love to. So one more time, you can always shoot us a note, uh, comments, feedback, questions, you might have about city, about MLS, about soccer in general. It, the email address is asksoccer101 at gmail.com. And this one, Moon, comes from Michael Lee. He says, Hi guys, please explain substitutions. When are they allowed? Are there limits on substitutions? And what else do I need to know about them? A great question, especially because uh, a lot of things have changed even in the recent years. So originally, of course, the soccer game has 90 minutes and originally there were no substitutions. For decades upon decades upon decades, you were not allowed a substitution unless a player didn't show up and you had to replace him before the whistle. It wasn't until 1958 that substitutions were actually legally added to the laws of the game. Isn't that crazy? 1958. You would think that that would have happened many, many years ago. Right. I'm especially knowing like even the, like the World Cup history, you know, yeah. the World Cup started in like the 30s or whatever. No substitutions were allowed in the World Cup finals until 1970. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So at that point, teams were only allowed one sub per game until 1988, when the number actually increased to two with five options on the bench. So they were only allowed to carry five substitutions and only allowed one substitution per game until 1988 when they jumped it to two. Get this. I always thought I remembered that there were three substitutions. Mm -hmm. Three substitutions did not come along until afterwards. Get this, in 1994, the number was increased to two plus one in only cases of injured goalkeepers. So you still had two subs or a third if your goalie was injured. And that only lasted for a year, so they just made it three subs in 1995. So that wasn't until 1995. I don't know where my memory was, but I always thought it was three. I guess it was two when we were kids. Which is weird because I, if you would have asked me what was it when we were kids, I would have said three as well. Yeah, and the crazy thing is they, uh, they, uh, they didn't add the a number of substitutions that you were allowed to choose from until right around that time too. They jacked it up to seven. So until then, it was only five as well. So these are much smaller rosters than we're used to seeing. You know, you're mm -hmm. used to seeing basically one and a half, two damn teams out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just yes. seems like there's a lot of guys in the pennies on, on the benches these days. So in the 21st century, the only changes that really came in 2016, they trialed four substitutions in case where the, in, in cases where the, uh, where the game went to uh, extra time. So as of 2020, you are now allowed five substitutions 
with an uh, an additional one in extra time in certain competitions, so not all of them, and you have three windows of opportunities to make those substitutions. That Those are wild changes. And I remember not being ready for that and watching this last World Cup and, and watching a couple tournaments recently in, in, in different leagues and seeing a fourth and a fifth substitution. And it freaked me out. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's... As like a strategist and as somebody that like studies the game and is playing FIFA all the time, playing mm -hmm. the video games, those three subs, man, you got to be really tactical about it. That really changes the game altogether, don't you think? It does. And now are you saying that you do not prefer the new rules, the new substitution rules? I haven't adapted yet. I keep forgetting. So I understand changing the game and, and, and evolving and all that kind of stuff. I just, I wonder how coaches feel. I'm, I'm really curious to actually ask if we can start interviewing some more, uh, some more managers and coaches. I, I want to know what their pros and cons are on it. Yeah. Because when you, when you think about going to extra time and having those subs, part of me thinks, well, isn't that half of the beauty of going to extra times? It's a battle of attrition. Who Who is least gassed? Who, which team is going to be able to survive, right? But then on the other hand, as a consumer, sometimes I'm like, give me some fresh legs. Like, let's insert some more energy into this game <laughs> with some fresh players. So I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know. And it, and it also depends on if we're talking about league games versus uh, tournament games. If we're talking about tournament games that might go into overtimes and, and things, I, I think the rules sh should clearly be different. I think I think that a adding more uh, uh, periods of play should add more substitutions. I'm down mm -hmm. with that. That actually totally makes sense. But for like the Premier League that just goes 90 minutes with with the extra time. Um, and it's a table, you know, a points and 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 table type league. I don't know. So so get this. So speaking of the English Premier League, they actually did decide to go back to the previous, the maximum of three substitutions. But then at a, as of March last year, they said, okay, we'll we'll do five for the 2022-2023 Premier League season. So even they are kind of like kicking it back and forth. I, I would play the game differently if I knew I was. If I knew I was going to be subbed, that's half the team. Five subs. Come on, man. Yeah, it really is. And imagine if you're a sub, too, on the sideline and you're you're thinking, OK, now that there's maybe a more of an opportunity for me to get in this game, I need to be that much that sh much sharper and that much more ready to go. This is not just going to change the leagues and the approach to uh, teams, but this is going to uh, change the approach to players and their careers. Yeah, which is really cool. I also love from the coaching and managing perspective, thinking about making those adjustments. You're watching the game unfold and you have those opportunities to make those in-game adjustments that could be the difference in the game. And it's a, it's a risk when you're going to decide when and who to pull out and are, are you better at sensing the moment and realizing what your team needs to beat the opposition. Now you can probably be working on teaching and uh, and employing more uh, through, throughout training and throughout a match. It's going to be really interesting to see how this evolves evolves the game. And the, the, the game's always evolving. You hear all these old players that are now broadcasters talking about how fast the game has become or how big the game has become. I remember I was a, a small guy. I'm only, only like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, so soccer was my sport. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be in the 80s. And then when we got to the 90s and I was, I was playing high school, I remember my dad was like, these kids are enormous. These are, this has become like a big boy's sport, like a big person's sport. And I remember our football program at Lemberg was awful at the time. And we were having football players that were like exquisite athletes go out for soccer. 
because all of a sudden it was it was a big fast man sport. So this is going to change the the whole feel of it, which is exciting. I think I think it's good. Isn't it funny how we talk about that in almost every sport now? How the evolution has been younger, bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, even in in hockey, I was just filling in on the fast lane, and we were having this that conversation about how the Blues won the Stanley Cup in 2019, being that unrelenting physical team, and now the game has evolved towards the 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 fast players, the skill players, and it's up to you to build your team to adapt to the way that the game is playing either that or come up with the perfect counter to be able to stifle the way that the game is, is trending. And that's what we're going to see in soccer too. And now moon, they have their bodies down to a science, what they put in, uh, how they recover the stretching, the protein, the hyperbaric oxygen chambers, the cryo. I mean, they take care of their bodies. That's, that's part of the full-time job is the way that you build your body to be able to compete and recover on a day-to-day basis. It's actually really, really fascinating. And I would love to, at some point, talk to an athlete or maybe maybe someone from the training staff and talk about what that looks like for soccer, because obviously the way that they're conditioned and the way that they work out is totally different than what a baseball player would do or a football player would do. And I wonder how that's evolved for soccer players over the years as well, the way that they maintain themselves physically. Um, yeah, I, I think this substitution rule actually was is going to play into that because these guys have gotten bigger, they've gotten faster, but what have we done? We've made them play three times as many games as they used to have to play, which of course is then going to increase injuries. It's going to increase the intensity of some of the injuries. Uh, so I think the substitution stuff is actually, I think it's a almost like a like a course correction. It's it's like a you know they're 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 trying to kind of steer back where they can rest a lot of these guys, and the coaches aren't so dependent on the top eleven or top fourteen guys that they have. I wonder how this is going to affect. Uh, yellow cards and red cards. Huh. You know, if if you got a, a key player and you're in a tournament that you cannot lose this guy and he's on a yellow and he's just kind of ha- he's 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 gassed and he has a higher chance of maybe making a, a, a goof on some sort of play where he may get yellowed again and and out of the match and suspended for the next match. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, pro- you're probably going to sub that guy out now. Oh, yeah. If I'm the coach, I'm thinking, oh, he is he's gassed and that makes him vulnerable to be undisciplined. And so I'm going to protect the player and protect myself as a team and get him out of that situation. Right. So you put all this emphasis, all this weight on that player in this moment, rather than in the particular match in that moment and the, and the tactics that you've tried to uh, put, put forward in the game. Now it's much easier. You have an extra two subs. Now you're like, oh yeah, get that guy out, <laughs> get him out. I, I I hope that it actually allows the the coaches the opportunity to stay within the tactics and stay within the strategies when they're trying to avoid things like this, an injury for a player or an additional yellow card or red card for a player. So I bet you there's a, a hundred different things that this is going to change that we haven't even seen yet that we'll start talking about in the next couple of years. Each league obviously is doing slightly different things per usual when they when they implement new rules, but uh, this is the standard as as they say for now. You know what's really cool and that just popped into my head is that we're going to be actually talking about game results this month. Like you just said, I can't wait to see how how this impacts the game. We're going to be talking about it in 24 days. It's February 1st that we're recording this. In 24 days, we're going to be talking about actual soccer games with a team in St. Louis. I am so frigging excited. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the MLS adopted the uh, maximum of five substitutions uh, with three different opportunities, like we mentioned, uh, in 2021. By the way, the three opportunities, those are three mid game. That does that that excludes halftime. You can change at halftime and not use one of your three permitted uh, times. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's an important note to add. Yeah. 
so I mean you got you got more than just just the three. That's three mid game when the ball is is stopped and you ask the referee for for permission and they sub them right there. There's a lot of challenges that the team still has to overcome or that they I should rephrase that that they have been working through because when you build something from scratch you are already at a bit of a disadvantage because a lot of your opposition has been together for years. They might have a set identity, a set culture. You're building all of that from the ground up on the fly. And I was on the fast lane this week as I mentioned earlier. And Jamie Rivers and I got the opportunity to speak to City's head coach, Bradley Carnell. And we spoke to him about what the preseason has been like, what he's learned about his team, and how they've been able to develop that chemistry in such a short period of time. Our guy, our head coach for St. Louis City SC, Bradley Carnell. Coach, how we doing today? Very well in you, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, it's been a great preseason so far, and it's great to chat to you guys. Yeah, so let's dive into that. 4-0 preseason win over Inter-Miami. I mean, that's a pretty big win, Coach. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's maybe a little bit skewed because we go 120 minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, two groups uh, we put out 60 minutes each. So we, we have uh, designated progressions uh, for the players. And, you know, we've been hard at work for, for a couple of days now, nearly two weeks. So um, just trying to get things going along nicely. But uh, yeah, I mean, while we don't want to look at the scoreline too much, and uh, I'd rather look at the way we play and, and the type of uh, sort of relationships we're building on the field. Um, for me, it was more about just uh, the first camp getting to know each other, getting to be around each other almost 24-7 to live, breathe, and eat uh, soccer. Um, and I thought the camp one was really successful with that. And uh, even a good game against the Philadelphia Union, who were, you know, the MLS uh, uh, finalists, uh, cup finalists uh, last season. So overall, I feel we've taken a good stride forward uh, as a group and uh, looking forward to a couple of days in market now and then uh, head out to California, um, yeah, just in the beginning of February. Yeah, Coach, you have a lot of challenges. Not only are you building this team from the ground up, but with that comes building chemistry with a group. So tell us what you've learned about this group, about your team during the preseason. Yeah, so obviously nice to be chatting to you, Michelle. Um, So obviously we're talking about grit and determination, and we're trying to build a style of play and and trying to build uh, a soccer identity uh, within the city of St. Louis. Now, we're trying to connect the dots with the history and the platforms that this city's provided previously. Um, and, and, you know, through a certain style and a game model and a work ethic uh, and, and just a level of respect, um, you know, that, that the game uh, deserves in this day and age, we're just trying to put all pieces of the puzzle together. Um, and one thing that I've learned is that, you know, we want to be a team who works hard. We want to be a team who competes till the very end. Um, so we adopt and apply these methods in trainings. Uh, very competitive nature. Everything we do means something. Um, so yeah, we've seen this over the uh, over the last two two games. Um, you know, there might be preseason games, but we had to come back from behind twice against Philadelphia. We got out the blocks very early on against uh, you know against uh, into Miami, and and we didn't take our foot off the gas pedal. So I see a hunger. I see a bit of desire, but. You know, this is early in preseason. Everyone's at different stages of their preseason. So we don't want to read too much into it. And we'd rather just keep focusing on ourselves. Bradley Carnell, head coach of St. Louis City. We're chatting with him for a few minutes here. Bradley, you talk about style of play, style of player. What, for you, ideally, what does a St. Louis City SC player encompass? What like what are you looking for out of your players? If you have two guys standing side by side, what can one guy do to impress you more than the other guy? 
<laughs> one one who thinks quicker than the other guy. <laughs> one is one who's physically gifted uh, over the other guy, and one who's got a plan ahead and is always a bit proactive uh, in his thoughts and his movements. And uh, obviously, we're looking for talented soccer players. Um, but we believe not just the talented soccer player is the the best criteria for that. We we wanting to you know find a player who who can sort of um, supply multiple roles within the field of play. So we have a couple of all-rounders in the team that if we need them at an outside back or a six or a ten, like different positions on the field, we, we can, you know, plug and play. And this is the beauty of the system. It's uh, almost a plug and play based on principles. So, you know, we've, we've done a lot of scouting through the uh, last year, I would say, the last 12 months, uh, to find guys who fit the style of play. So... Um, and a couple of all-rounders there. So Lutz, John Hackworth, myself, you know, we've, we've done really, uh, you know, uh, I think in my opinion, we've acquired guys um, already last year and, you know, credits and, and uh, grateful for the ownership group to, to allow us uh, that bit of flexibility and freedom to get guys here in market early on. Um, you know, the European guys, seven of them joined us last year. Uh, June, July, August, um, and they've been growing within our system and style of play. So even a Roman Burke at 31 can still, you know, apply a new uh, phase. Uh, you know, this you know soccer doesn't stop at 31, or uh, experiences at Dortmund don't don't end there. So we're trying to to get guys to open up to to feel a little bit of accountability, to a little bit of kind of uh, you know ownership of what we are trying to do here and get guys to buy in um, and, and get an appetite for what we're doing. So, yeah, we're incredibly excited, and uh, it's good to have the ball rolling now because we can slowly see it coming together. Well, Coach, I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, uh, while I played in the NHL, I played almost every single position available. I'm a hard worker. Uh, I'm good in the locker room. I might have a bit of an aggression problem, though, but I think we can work with that. We, we like this because we always, you know, I like the aggression part because that's something you can never turn up the volume. To get somebody to be more aggressive is a difficult thing to teach and coach, but you can always turn down the volume, you know. So I'd rather have good starting points with good aggression, and then we can start turning down your volume. So that's great, Jenny. <laughs> And coach, we know that Jamie is the aggressive guy and you can always call him if you need him. But one thing that I think is going to be so fun about this season is that St. Louis is going to get to learn about these players. They're going to identify who their guys are. You know, there's a, each fan is going to have somebody that they love to watch. So I need you to give us a bit of a, a scouting report. You mentioned uh, Berkey, Nilsson. I know that there's a lot of veteran guys that are on the team, but who's emerged as a leader and who's emerged as Mr. Personality? Who are fans going to want to look to as one of the leaders and one of the, the people that is going to be entertaining. Yeah, listen, I mean, I think we have different players for different moments in, in the game. So, um, you know, you look at the back, you have a seasoned veteran like Tim Parker, uh, Josh Yarrow, you know, Kyle Hebert. But uh, a guy like Tim Parker, you could see from day one, obviously I've worked, worked with him before um, during my times at the New York Red Bulls. Um, he's a guy itching to get back into this type of uh, playing style. So he's taken on a leadership role. Um, you know, we spoke about uh, Joachim Nielsen, who hasn't been part of our group that much because he's just uh, had a hard time with uh, with a, a bit of a knee injury. So we, you know, we value his his leadership. And even when he's not on the field of play, uh, you can just kind of see the kind of mentor uh, that he is to the younger players as well. So we have some some good characters. You know, Indy Vasilev. He's always, I, I learned that he's a great singer on, oh. on pre-season camp. So Indy Vasilev has, has got a great voice and, and seems to enjoy 
uh, enjoy the stage. So, um, you know, even on the soccer field, that's, that's our stage. And uh, he feels very comfortable there. We've thrown him in in a, in a couple of positions. Uh, Thomas Ostrak is a guy just smiling all the time. You know, he's a very approachable guy, a uh, very talented individual, uh, very creative. Um, and then you have Klaus, right? So Klaus up front, uh, he's almost like the big teddy bear. He gives the best hugs in the team. Like he just wants to embrace everybody um, and just get everybody on board and, and uh, feel the excitement of this project. So, yeah, we, we have a very uh, broad group, you know, in terms of what they bring to the table. But, uh, and that's the beauty of it, to try and piece it all together and, and form something formidable. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an enjoyable project. Okay, we have to go back to the singing. I need to know what Vasilov sang and how you learned that he was a good singer. Good question. Um, I know John Gasparini might be on the line. Um, he could, yeah, I'm terrible with names of songs, but uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Well, that's all right. Those guys are always good for your locker room. Yeah. Uh, it's always uh, the glue guys. They keep everybody happy and keep it light in there. Coach? Uh, One of the things here, the struggles, or or not the struggles, one of the obstacles for an expansion team is, look, you got to go get your guys. You got to build your team. You got to create this culture, this foundation. How important is a transfer window for an expansion club? Yeah, I mean, obviously it is, right? But uh, we we did our homework or we did the work six months ago, 12 months ago. So we, we were starting to plan this thing a lot longer than this transfer window that's upon us now so uh, with roster spots uh, spots being filled uh, you know we've signed home uh, homegrown in Caden Glover Uh, we've signed you know uh, a position that we needed to fill in Jabulo Blom from South Africa as well so you know we've been very strategic in our market uh, and positional profiles as well so um, I think that yeah business is just about done for for this window Um, you know we might have something up our sleeve come come middle of the year. And finally, Coach, last thing for me, tomorrow's February 1st. We're getting so close to the first game. What's the vibe like uh, around the club right now, knowing that you're about ready to kick things off for the inaugural season? Yeah, it, it seems that, you know, the ball is rolling. And, and we treated this this group, whether it was City 2 and, and 7 pros from Europe last year, we treated this like the MLS team. So, for us, it's just another day of work. For us, it's just another step towards the right direction. We've uh, had a great experience to close out the year against uh, Leverkusen last year. Um, so that was a you know a nice little um, sort of rehearsal for for the big one. You know, on the, obviously on the fourth of March against Charlotte. But prior to that, we got uh, the away opener against Austin. So, but I feel this group is primed. This, this group's getting ready. They feel like they've been working together for a lot longer than they. Uh, than just this January window or this preseason camp one um, exists to or or sort of it just feels like a solid group straight away well coach good luck the rest of the way here we're excited to see everything continue to progress and we appreciate you coming on here today and hope you'll join us again sometime thank you very much Jamie Michelle thank you all right thank you again that was Bradley Carnell head coach of your St. Louis City SC and Moon, that was my conversation with 
City head coach Bradley Carnell on the fast lane this week. And wasn't it great to hear from coach about how they have accelerated the chemistry building experience on this team in such a small amount of time? Yeah, I love that stuff. And that's one of the things that I think everybody that's a fan here is worried about is 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 the chemistry. You know, you're building a brand new team. You're building everybody. You're trying to find out, uh, you know, who does what, who works well with this type of guy. And and that chemistry stuff matters. Listen, it's it's in the games. If you're playing FIFA, it's in the games <laughs> for a reason. You're trying to get that chemistry up so that team works well together on the pitch under pressure. That's a big deal. And I love hearing about that stuff uh, from the coach himself. And one more thing, Moon, that I loved hearing from Coach is about the the players' personalities because we have our guys, right, when we watch St. Louis sports. You have oh, your favorite Blues player or your favorite Cardinals player. I certainly have my favorite players as well. How cool is it that all of us collectively are going to be able to pick out who our guys are at the same time this year? We're all starting from scratch. Yeah, that is that is pretty fun. Yeah, we have, we got a ton of – there's a million blank jerseys out there. I can't wait to see start seeing like, oh, who's – you know, oh, a lot of Berkey jerseys out here. Yeah. Hey, all right. Oh, you know, just like – it's uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting for everybody because we're all just like kids in like a brand new candy store. Then the door is open and we all just rush in. You know? Oh, absolutely. And what a cool opportunity for the players too, for them to be able to show their personalities and have. You might not be the best player on the team, but because we are starting from scratch, you're going to be able to maybe become a fan favorite in different ways, which I think is really cool. Well, thank you again to Coach Bradley Carnell for joining us on the Fast Lane this week. We were so pleased to let you hear that conversation. And Moon and I will be back again next week as we get closer and closer to City's 2023 season debut. Heck yeah, it's going to be exciting. And thanks to the Fast Lane for letting us use that audio. And until next week, go!